0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Sports Best. I'm Trey Gonzalez, and I'm here with Chris Hornacek, professional spikeball player. And I'm excited to hear about this because spikeball's pretty awesome. I've been recently introduced to it. But, Chris, how are you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing awesome. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing well. It's it's really good to have you on. Um, what drew you into All Sports Best? How would how'd you stumble upon our page?
1: Uh, so, you actually kind of reached out to me and uh, said that... You know, you had discovered Spikeball and thought what I was doing was pretty cool, so I went ahead and checked out uh, your page. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was obviously a natural fit. I'm obsessed with podcasts, so I immediately downloaded about six of your podcasts and listened to those. Cool. Um, yeah, so um, so I'm pretty well versed in uh, in everything you guys are doing here, and I think it's really cool. So I'm stoked.
0: Awesome, awesome. I wanted to really know what drew you into Spikeball. It's a great sport. It's a really cool crossover sport. Kind of a mixture between a few different things but what drew you specifically into deciding this is what i want to pursue so
1: i was a volleyball player throughout high school and college so i played all four years of high school ah. and then i played five years of club ball four years at indiana university and then one year at northern illinois and uh so i was already a volleyball player which you know volleyball is definitely the sport that it's most similar to sure. so i was already drawn into the pace of the game the athleticism of the game the diving the concepts you know bump set and spike uh, which was all great um actually it was kind of funny though the, uh, the first time i played as a volleyball player i was having a hard time uh
0: instinctively wanting to pass with an open palm instead of an actual like uh. position uh so that was kind of funny but once i got over that uh i just really loved it i was i was fortunate enough to get introduced to the game through my uh college roommate mm. and
1: uh he just happened to go to the high school where the ceo
0: of spike ball was starting out that no was way arlington heights yeah yes yeah, so that's arlington heights
1: um in illinois and so you know when Back when spike ball was nothing in 2008, it was just an idea. He just brought a bunch of sets to the high school, gave them to a bunch of kids, and said, like, hey, guys, start playing this. And he happened to be one of those kids. So that school was doing, like, you know, small tournaments, and it was just something that they kind of did. And they, you know, when I got introduced to him, they were like, hey, you're a volleyball guy. You're going to love this. And it turns out I kind of did. Uh, weirdly enough, we didn't really take it very seriously for a long time. I played for four years at Indiana without um, you know, ever really playing outside my friend group. And then post-grad, two of my friends, who were the two better ones, they found out that they had these tournaments going on throughout the country. And uh, the, you, know, you, you could find them on a website called usaspikeball.com. And so yeah. they started competing, and I went just to play and mostly support
0: them. Yeah. You know, I eventually caught the bug from
1: there. But, yeah, it was just kind of a fluke.
0: So this, this sport can be played in a variety of different places. I've played it on in gyms, on grass. You've done it in beaches, maybe in arenas. I've seen different mm-hmm. things that include, like, being in a closed-in space, kind of a circular space. Have you had a chance to experience that as well? uh
1: so not in an enclosed circular space we've been do. but we have played in uh in racquetball courts you kind of amend the rules and go yeah. off the walls or allow for a bounce or a weird combination thereof uh kind of a fun way to play a little less uh competitive but it is super nice because our sport has no sides and no boundaries so you don't have to put down lines uh beyond a service line if you're going to get really serious mm. and uh, so you can just put this thing down and play anywhere like we we played we played on asphalt, we've played on snow uh, and, and like you said then the more common ones beach grass turf. Wow, literally anywhere.
0: Snow sounds pretty brutal. Yeah, snow is not my cup of tea. Uh, The one tournament that I was uh, uh, really
1: committing to play a snow tournament, I went to Colorado in January of 2016. And uh, it happened to be the one unseasonably warm day. So it was Mm. 55 and uh, very muddy because everything had melted. Uh, So I still have yet to do a full snow tournament, but we have played outside before. It's, uh, It's different
0: interesting interesting and yeah speaking of things that are different an environment that's different you said you went from volleyball to spike ball the open palm concept was different but there's got to be other things too you can use your feet you can use your chest you can use everything your head uh have you mastered the other parts of your body to be able to keep the ball in play you
1: know so body defense has never really come natural to me that's something that a lot of players in our sport are doing uh it w- hitters obviously have a lot of power being able to hit in a full 360 degrees of play. And so almost like uh, in volleyball where you're going up and you're setting a block, you know, or a double block, even triple block with your teammates and you're trying to take up space and make them hit around you. Mm. That's what a lot of players have kind of gone to as well as playing that defense really close to the net, trying to occupy a bunch of space and kind of funnel hits into specific areas where either they're going to be able to get a touch with their body or they're partner will be and be able to get the touch um body's never been my uh direct specialty but it's something that i'm working on and um it's uh it's an interesting element to the game uh a lot of our most exciting plays come from something of that nature one of those very quick touches where then you get an awesome opportunity to convert so um it's an important aspect of the
0: game for sure well, when you mentioned that you were able to start practicing that, kind of try to introduce your body to different forms of, I guess, passing and hits and defense and things like that, how do you do that? You have to have a partner, right? Or do you just continue to play with, with groups of you know three other people? Or do you have a set partner? How does that work?
1: Yeah, so I have a set partner uh, for the majority of the season. So my
0: team name is Origin Vengeance, and I play with mm. Dylan Fogarty, who's A legend in and of
1: himself uh he's been one of the top players in the sport even from the year before me he was he was my he was one of my friends that was really good before i was uh and so he played with uh my other friend for a while and then i kind of took over that role once i kind of started taking the game a little bit more seriously but so we play the majority of tournaments together uh we still like to kind of split up and play with other members of the community as well so i think we'll probably play. the majority of the season together like at least eight of the 16 tour stops plus regionals and nationals um and then uh you know partner up from there but having that regular team it kind of allows you to work on on
0: you know exactly where you want to be positionally and yeah. you start to learn how to communicate
1: defensively this game happens so fast that it can't be as um as like spoken or communicated in real time as other sure. sports, like even volleyball, you're
0: able to, uh, you
1: know, focus on like, am I blocking on the right side or am I blocking on the left side? Or are, am I digging on the right side?
0: Am I digging on the left side? This one, There's so much going on there that it almost has to be fluid. And so, you know, years of, of, of playing with dylan
1: have kind of allowed us to figure that out we're definitely not known as one of the best defensive teams in the country but we continue to improve on that and i i give credit to that
0: that's pretty cool so while you're at these tournaments you have you know who you're going to play next or who you might be playing next depending on who wins who loses do you guys go and watch these players play and go okay let's plan to do this this is this is how we're going to start the game and this is how we're going to continue on how does that is that something that you guys think about
1: yeah, at this point, matchups are very important in spikeball. We're very fortunate to have a lot of high-end matchup experience. We're two of the most traveled players. We're two of the most serious players. So we um, you know, play more tournaments than most people, uh, watch more film than most people. So we, we have that experience and kind of know where we struggle against very specific teams. So there's definitely notes going in. Um, I mean, first and foremost, we like to make sure that we're playing
0: our game and kind of dictating the pace of the match ourselves. Mm. Anytime we try to play someone else's game, it
1: doesn't go in our favor. But there are these little adjustments where you you pick up like, oh, in this situation, a player kind of likes to drop shot here. Um, Or, you know, when a team is down, they're going to start serving for the ace. So you need to focus on like the big serve instead Mm -hmm. of the little one. Um, So there are just, you know, little fine adjustments like that. But luckily all of that comes very naturally. We just have a ton of tournament experience. I like, I I I'm the only player that's ever played the entire tour wow. ever. So I did that last season. I played all 18 tour stops plus regionals and nationals. Um, and then Dylan has been playing 10 plus for like four or five years now. So he's, you know, he definitely knows what he's doing
0: out there. No kidding. So, with about 20 different places you've gone to play this past year, how do you explain what it is to be professional? Obviously, it takes up a lot of time. There's a lot of things that go into it. You spend a lot of your time practicing and playing. How does uh, the money come in after that? So the money is obviously
1: uh, hard for a lot of teams to kind of come by, Uh a lot of you know finding sponsorship it starts by explaining what our sport is. Uh, uh, we've finally gotten some awesome opportunities that have kind of exploded our game on. Like we were on Shark Tank in 2015, so we have some name recognition still left over from that. And then big moments for our sport last year was being on ESPN twice. Yeah. Um, so we were on ESPN two, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be featured in both of those broadcasts. The second one was co-ed and i happened to win that tournament so i was on for the majority of that one that's amazing. So that kind of allows me yeah thank you um it's something i'm incredibly proud of and so you know that's afforded me the opportunity to start working with companies and start uh you know creating those uh you know relationships and stuff like that that are going to allow me to make money strictly off of that otherwise it
0: you know it comes down to prize money and then what i've come to be doing myself is
1: start creating content for our community so I um so I run a twitch stream uh at least once a week sometimes three times a week especially in this off season what I've been doing a lot of is like game analysis and stuff like that and so it's a place for people to kind of come in from the community um watch the watch the latest games kind of break down learn something um, and then talk to each other as well. I also do like my weekly, like hour long ish show that's just, you know, the round community content uh, of the week. So it's whatever people are kind of talking about in the scene. We kind of break it down. I do interviews with other people and it just kind of, you know, facilitates conversation and stuff like that. And so I have been fortunate enough to monetize my Twitch at this point. So that's um, that's the one revenue that I'm mainly going down. I'm now branching into YouTube mm. as well. Um, and so by creating that kind of content, um, I'm hoping to attract even more sponsors and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not like I'm making a ton of money, but I am making enough to live. So it's
0: awesome. been, uh,
1: it's been awesome.
0: Yeah, no kidding. So with you saying that, I mean, obviously it's going to be an evolving sport at it's brand new stage, you know, but we've seen other sports do things like baseball, you know, that you can get a sponsorship from you know, a, a brand that has bats or cleats or something like that? Are there any specific mm-hmm. equipment items in spike ball that you say, Hey, you know what? We've got these new gloves. We want you to wear them and show them off or anything like that. You know, I'm
1: always looking for, you know, opportunities like that, especially
0: that are that directly applicable. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that um, I've been working with, especially is our Jersey providers. Okay. Uh, so for,
1: so I found an awesome Jersey provider. We had a Jersey provider in our scene and I felt like they weren't doing a great job of taking care of our community. And so I reached out and found another one and I've kind of been working with them. So I'm now an affiliate for them uh, and kind of am also simultaneously helping our community by finding um, you know a quality Jersey provider that's going to, of opportunities to our players as well so you know this jersey provider their name's uh, kbs apparel hmm. um like, like they'll do team stores for teams as well which allows them to kind of open up their own store sell their uh sell their own jerseys to fans and and make a little bit of money themselves uh so i've been kind of working with that and you know just kind of you know, facilitating the best for our community. And that's been the one uh, partnership that has been the most like in depth so far for me. Uh-huh. And I think that's kind of the most applicable.
0: Um But yeah, I mean, obviously the dream one day is to get to a point where you're,
1: uh, you know, you're representing Nike and wearing Nike cleats or you're, uh, you know, wearing Adidas brand, everything, you know, that's kind of the, the goal at some point, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when I'm looking for a jersey, I'm looking for an NBA jersey. I know they're going to come sleeveless. You know, if I'm going to get a hockey jersey, I know it's got long sleeves. What am I looking at when I'm saying, okay, I'm going to go and find myself a a, a, a spike ball jersey? So
1: spike ball hasn't uh, decided on a full style right now. We're still kind of young, uh, but it, it's allowed teams to kind of express their own creativity a lot. And so um, – Our provider specifically does, they do tanks, they do cutoffs, they do t-shirt, they do long sleeves, and it's all fully sublimated, Ah. which is awesome. So you can kind of do it to your liking. Um, I've always liked having the long sleeve options for those colder tournaments in April. Um, And then there have been other
0: teams that like, they like to play shirtless, but they still want to have an apparel provider. So they
1: wear headbands and leggings, but no shirt. Um, And so... It's kind of cool to allow a team to dress exactly how they want to dress comfortably especially when you know these beach tournaments
0: a lot of people want to you know even out their tan they you know right. you're at the beach you want to be shirtless
1: but you also you know want to have team unity so they have custom shorts or they have uh, custom leggings or
0: etc really yeah that's that's pretty sweet I mean obviously, you want to represent your own team. And especially if you have a store, you're going to want to get that brand recognition out there. I want to know where you've been able to travel. Obviously your name's out there. You've been around, you've been on TV, you've had all this experience, but where all have you traveled and what, what are some of the most notable uh, places that you've played in?
1: So I I mean, if you name a place in the contiguous United States, I've probably been there if it's a major city. Um, yeah it's been it's been super awesome i'm i i've i'm gone the majority of weekends for about nine months out of the year because i'm just constantly traveling uh last year was nice to finally make my way up to seattle that's something i've always wanted to do so that was my first time being able to do the pacific northwest um immediately after that i was down in miami uh so that flight was pretty long um but new york uh southern california northern california um Wisconsin, Indiana, literally anywhere, Texas, Georgia. Um, And then probably the furthest so far, um, or well, I guess not the furthest, but um, got to play in Canada last year as well. So I played my first one outside of the United States in Quebec, which is awesome. The Canadians are running a a really good program up there, and they've got a lot of awesome guys that took care of me. So that was great. Um, So I'm excited to go back there at some point this year as well. And then my goal for this year is to um, play internationally for the first time. So I either want to go to the European Championship or I want to go to the Australian Championship.
0: Wow. Yeah, that'd definitely be something. I was wondering, yeah. when you said you went and played in Canada, are, is there anything different about the way they play spike ball? Is it, you know, the, the dimensions the exact same, the ball, the, you know, everything around it?
1: So they play on exactly the same equipment that we do um they were a little bit behind at first we created a new net in 2016 to oh. kind of improve play so we have the pro set now uh which just is much more suitable for competitive play and makes you play a lot more accurately um so they were behind on that for a little bit europe just recently started getting the pro sets in mass as well just cuz they weren't being sold there quite yet mm-hmm. um that's just uh, on spikeball's logistics end there um but, other than that, the game is exactly the same. They play with all the exact same rules. Spikeball's done a really good job of uniforming the rules because back in two thousand and fifteen, when I kind of started playing these things, there were there were like regional rules. And so some yeah. people would play, you know a body touched in count, or uh, if you or like this type of serve was legal or this type of serve wasn't legal. So, yeah. Um, you know, we now have a uniform rule book and everyone has been following that, um, throughout the world. And so it's led to some pretty awesome stuff. The main thing is usually they're just a a couple of years behind the, the meta game of where we currently are in the States. Um, but it's cool because when they kind of come over, uh, to our tournaments in America, which there've been a few, um, You can just see the level up when they go back and they just make everybody so much better. So I'm I'm really looking forward to going over there and, you know, playing with them a little bit, see if I can learn something new. And if not, at least uh, at least spread the word and, and teach them a thing or two.
0: I was thinking about the fact that you said, you know, that that the recognition is still expanding. We're working on getting spike ball into more places, getting spike ball. Um, maybe tournaments in more areas as well. Were you able to watch the the episode with Dude Perfect while they did Spikeball? Did you see that?
1: Yeah, so I saw the episode. That one was really cool. Another great um, example of our sport kind of blowing up and gaining some recognition there. That one was, that one was cool to wake up to one day and just be like, "Holy cow!" There's a, a whole 12 minute episode on this right
0: now. Yeah, and I thought that that was pretty sweet. But I was wondering if you could give some tips to just regular spike ballers like myself thinking okay well i want to get a little bit better i don't play it every single day but when i do you know you always want that edge up what would give somebody like me an edge up in spike ball um
1: well the first thing i would recommend you do is watch some footage uh i think that watching people play the game kind of uh for a lot of people they they uh they don't understand how limitless this game really is, and they there are a lot of people that think that they're really good because they, you know, they beat their friends every single time, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, and then you kind of show up and you realize there's a whole other you know level of competition. So uh, you can either experience that at a tournament, which I can't recommend playing tournaments enough, even if you're going to get destroyed. Go. We also have divisions now. So um, there's as low as uh, intermediate and wow. advanced, and then premier, which is what I play in, but you have to qualify for. Um, so you can go at any skill level and have a good time. Definitely recommend that. But just watching the game kind of shows you what's actually possible, and then you can start emulating. Um, the main tip that I would have to anybody who's uh, starting to really feel it and wants to start getting better um, is hit low. So get low over the net and drive the ball out instead of diving, driving the ball up. So okay. like in volleyball, you want to spike down. right? But in, in spike ball, you want to be spiking out. You want to spike low and long. makes it a lot harder for a team to receive uh, that ball because if you put air under the ball, then obviously
0: people can kind of get to
1: it. Sure. Uh, so I would say watch film on that and kind of practice that. If you can get your hits down – it's gonna level you up very, very
0: fast. What do you say about the short game or the or the tap game? Whenever it's you know trickery that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Do you do you use that to your advantage quite often, or is that kind of not part of your game as much?
1: Uh, I am notoriously a person that does not use that. Um, ah. I've 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 been a uh, I've been a power player ever since I started. Even in volleyball, I was just someone that went up and smashed the ball. You know, I was you know when I played baseball, I I was the I, I was batting in the four hole trying to hit home runs when I played tennis. I was smashing balls outside the court. It's just always kind of been my, uh, been my mo is to go towards power. Uh, the game is evolving to a point though where like you need to have finesse, and uh, so there are ways to hit hard and also hit around people very technically, which I've been utilizing as well. The drop game, if you. The main issue with the drop game is if you mess up
0: on a drop, it's very easy for a team to punish you for it. Yeah. But used well, it is incredibly important. And, yeah. Uh, Frustrating. I've, yeah. Oh <laughs> well. Yeah, that too. And
1: especially uh, for somebody like me, who's such a power player, um, it uh, the short game is so open a lot of the times because teams just don't defend you there at all, and that's what. Uh, so my teammate Dylan, he's also a former like complete power player. He Mm. hits almost as hard as anybody else in the game. I definitely call him a top three, uh, you know, hitter in terms of power. And, um, but he's incorporated the short game in there and it's becoming incredibly difficult to ever defend him. So I'm trying to pick up a thing or two and incorporate it into my game a little bit, but my MO is definitely power.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Chris, you said you've played in so many different places in the United States. You can't count. Um, really. Have you been to New Mexico and if not do you plan to come anytime soon? I have not been to New
1: Mexico. Actually the the Southwest has been
0: notoriously a dry spot for spike ball. Ah. And uh and, and and it's really
1: unfortunate. There's a, there's now a uh, an Arizona crew that's kind of popped up a little bit. Um but the tour stops have never gone there. Closest we've ever uh gone to that would be Socal.
0: Um Okay. But I would, uh, I mean, I would love to, because at this point, the number of states that I haven't been to is dwindling down to a pretty short list and New Mexico is still on there. So
1: basically any excuse to, you know, go, I, uh, I'd I'd probably bite it.
0: Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. I thought it was a awesome time to get some tips from you, a professional spike baller and and I think that the people back home would really appreciate this, especially if they're going to try and pick up something new. This is something definitely to check out.
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely find a spike ball set uh, and, you know, get playing. Find some people to play with. And uh, make sure you check out, uh, you know, spike ball groups online and stuff like that. There are people playing in your area that you can meet up with. Uh, and make sure you check out tournaments as well. Tournaments are a blast and you should be experiencing those at any skill level they're the
0: best heck yeah guys go and follow chris at sea Horn spikes on instagram and uh we'll do more stuff with you pretty soon
1: yeah sounds good man
0: hey guys don't forget to share like and subscribe